Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Electric Acid. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Claudia Monicelli with another episode of my podcast called Let's Talk Soul. Today, I have a guest with me, Keith Marin. Keith, say hello to our audience. Well, uh, greetings, everybody. <laughs> good, good. Today, Keith is talking to us from California. Now, as you may know, many of you don't, when I uh, am about to have guests on my show, I usually send them a questionnaire so I get a feel for what the conversation could be about and of a section where I ask them to um, introduce themselves or write something uh, about them that I could use to introduce them. And, and I could, can I share this with them, Keith? Of course. Okay. Of course. So Keith wrote, my girlfriend asked me something about what was in my calendar. She found it curious and wondered what I was up to. She has 100% access to my calendar. I pointed out how I chose to live a life where, and if anyone knew what I thought or said or did, I would have no problem with that. It wouldn't give me any concern. I live a life with no shame and have set it up that way since I was 18. Ask me about that. I'm going to ask you about that. Okay. <laughs> I don't use much social media because the best uh, to find the best way to find me is through my LinkedIn profile that I will include, of course, in the description. Um, and it's not that I'm private. I'm. It's just that social media doesn't have make my heart sing. So 18, yeah. 18 of age, that's voting age. Yeah. Now, what happened at that age? Well, it was it was probably even before then. Um, uh -huh. uh, I'm not exactly sure when. But I will tell you that 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 when I was 10 years old, roughly, yes. I, I I kind of separated from my family. Yes. I, I felt that my family was really hard. It was a hard family to be in. Mm -hmm. And my and parents can, were very cold. Can I ask and, you how you did that? Did you do that legally? No, no, I did it emotionally. Mm -hmm. uh, and and it, it all connect back to the question in, in a sure. bit. But my parents were pretty cruel and, and cold and calculating and 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 there was no nurturing in my family and i kind of it was very painful growing up for the mm -hmm. first eight or nine years uh being in my family and at some point and i don't know why i uh -huh. had this sudden realization that um that these parents were uh were not the right parents for me and so i i decided i well, I'm, a, I'm on my own mm-hmm and and you, I'm going to make my way in Do you life. have any siblings, Keith? I do. I have an I have an older sister who's uh -huh. a year and a half older than me, and then I also have uh, a younger half sister who was mm -hmm. just recently born at that time. Mm -hmm. So I I I just 
just said, I'm on my own. That's and it. and one of the beautiful things when you say you're on your own at an early age, they I still lived in my mother's house. Uh, not happily, but I lived there. I didn't have means to... to of substance. I didn't run away. Mm-hmm. But... Um, uh, one of the beautiful things that when you make a decision like that early on, which hardly anybody ever does, is I get to shape my own life the way I want to. That's true on the one hand, at no cost, because you have people providing for you. I know, I okay? know, I know. It's so there is, you know, it's sort of a, dub, a double-edged sword, that uh, sword. Um, when you mentioned 18 that means that there was another threshold. Something else happened. Um, that you made a decision, a conscious decision to, you know, live uh, the way you wanted to. Well, with no I, shame. You mentioned the word shame. Yeah. Shame is something that's very well, hard I'm, to explain. I know. I know. Well, I'm yeah. an eight, I'm a one on the enneagram, and and so I'm inclined. If nothing else, my parents did. Um, offer me a pretty high uh, ethical model. Yeah. But I've I've always been kind of uh, I, I don't know if it's driven is the right word, but I've always been a kind of a self made person since I was uh-huh. ten. And so, you know, what kind of life do I want to lead? And it was clear at, when I got into college. I was going to do something meaningful. I was going to do something that would add value to the world in some way. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I imagined I would be a, a little bit of a public figure. And then the, the thought, who do I want to be? How do I want to show up in the world? Mm-hmm. And religious didn't guide me. Religion didn't guide me. So something else had to. And I guess it was my soul. Did you, um, well, can, do you mind asking what your focus was and at a university level? Did you have a major? I, I, there's a program at my university, University of Northern Colorado, called the Interdisciplinary Studies Program. Nice. And ba- basically it's a program where you can shape your own major. Right. You mm-hmm. have to petition a, a, sure. a board and say, mm-hmm. I don't want to do the typical major's. I want to do my own thing. And well, so I, I applied did, and got accepted. Focus? What did you focus on? Uh, it, it was basically the rough focus was public policy and contemporary right. society. Okay. Good. But it was an excuse <laughs> to have a triple major. It was yeah. an excuse to be a major okay. in political science, All economics, right. and sociology. Okay. So we have, um, we have quite a... A focus there. You could go anywhere with that. Really. Anywhere. That's right. right. That's so right. where did you go? Well, I had no idea where I wanted to go <laughs> then. Uh, play tennis and and pick up girls. I mean, that's that uh, and 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 study. Did it work? <laughs> um, uh, but um, you know, when I when I graduated college, I roamed around Europe for a little bit, and then roamed around in a bunch of different odd jobs. And then I got this really cool job. We, I was part of the planning team that was creating a new department of social services in Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah. And the head of that team asked me to do a body of research. It was called Promising Practices okay. in, in, in Public Policy. Yeah. Was in it, organizations. Do you mind me asking, what, what kind of an organization was it? 
a nonprofit? Was it a research institute? The Department of Social Services is the department of that runs government. all social services in Massachusetts. Okay. And 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 we were planning and creating a whole new one. Okay, so, so it's I public. was on the planning team. It was a public office. It wasn't oh, a private definitely. entity. I on, <laughs> no, I was on the planning team. Anyway, so I studied these really cool different organizations that were doing very promising new things mm -hmm. and it was fascinating to me and it's from there that I applied and got accepted to a doctoral program uh, in Boston College in sociology mm -hmm. uh, studying workplace democracy. Mm -hmm. Interesting, interesting. It's a, you know, from the outside when you hear that, um, it, it may sound to be theoretical because those positions at a doctoral level usually are. And, um, but obviously you have a, a doctoral thesis that you have to defend, right? What did you do? Oh, my, my study, I got very much interested in, in what is now called integral theory. Mm -hmm. But my my uh, the the guy that I most loved and became my mentor and studied with was a guy by the name of Bill Torbert, mm -hmm. and he was taking adult development theory mm -hmm. um, and applying it to all social aspects of the world. So mm -hmm. the idea is that you can look at organizations through different stages of, the de of development, look at individuals, you can look at teams through different stages of development, mm -hmm. you can look at society through different stages of development. And that that is basically the basis of integral theory. And I was, um, I did my, my doctoral thesis on my dissertation on the relationship between consciousness and leadership. Oh, here we are. Here now, we and here are. We are. now I right. have yeah. you. I have you yeah. where I want you, Keith. <laughs> I know. I had another um, guest, um, I, I guess it was about six months ago, who also had a PhD in consciousness. And, you know, it was endless. The talk was endless. You could go on and on and on and on. Now, yeah. let's talk about that. Can we talk about yeah. that? Of course. Of course. <laughs> Give me the title again of your dissertation. Well, it, I I don't remember the exact title, but basically is the relationship between consciousness and consciousness is defined as self-awareness okay. or as okay. defined as higher and higher stages of adult development. All right. Now, there there's a the, it, it, consciousness is so controversial. Everyone sees it. It is. So, and it has so many different meanings, and but it, it so would it would be the higher stages of adult development. So the higher you go. Mm -hmm. The more conscious you are, mm -hmm. the more conscious you are, the more effective you are as a leader. That was the that was the hypothesis. Well, I, okay, that is and remains a hypothesis because it's not necessarily true that the higher you go, the more aware you are, the more self aware. We could name and point out so many different examples of unaware individuals that have reached a very high level of right. Right. What I mean is the higher you go in terms of your consciousness, okay. the more effective okay. you are. All right. There you go. But it's not the higher you go up the organizational ladder. No, it's <laughs> it's okay. not, there's no correlation there. But <laughs> no, none at people, all. <laughs> people who are embodying a a more elevated 
state of being in terms of their consciousness and self-awareness yes. are more likely to make healthy, wise choices yeah. and be a better leader. That was the hypothesis, and that's now a theory. It was, it was I was uh, laughing uh, because for many years I worked as a, an interpreter for the U.S. State Department. And uh, then at the same time, I was working for the um, Ministry of the Interior in Italy at, in the same capacity. And so you get to see high-level people, you know. And um, it's, it's uh, of course, there's the client privilege here. We, I can't talk about what you talk mm-hmm. about or what people talk to. But it, I was always so amazed at um, the way people, things were taken for granted from people at a very high level in in terms of in sociological terms how people in a social setting have to act with each other or who the trends that take place in in political circles it's very very um it was mind-boggling to me to be in these circles at very, very high level and the most basic courtesy that you would extend to anyone often were not even brought into the, the you know, mix at all. Now, we're at the uh, dissertation, okay? We're at the dissertation. And then from there, did you continue on with research in some way? Uh, not a whole lot. I did for about five years. I was the research assistant to Bill Torbert, and so we were doing, we were doing um, some of the early uh, imp- finding early empirical evidence yeah. for integral theory, even though that's mm-hmm. not what we called it at the time, but showing that you can look at the world through different stages of development, and we were proving that through through our our research. But I'm not an academic in my okay. heart. I'm, I'm, a pra- my I'm a practitioner. Yeah. And so I was interested in how do I help organizations become more humane, okay. more conscious? How do I help leaders become more effective? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's been my, my passion okay. for 40 years. Now, um, going back to that brief presentation that I um, gave you, um, that you gave me to give you. <laughs> so um, you mentioned, you know, I live a life with no shame. It's yeah. such a, I, when I, you know, of all that little paragraph and I saw shame, I thought, hmm, what an odd choice of words. Can you uh, talk about that if you don't mind? Yeah, you know, so I, 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 uh, I once read a, an article somewhere about 45 years ago. Uh-huh. And the title of the article was guilt is not a feeling. Uh-huh. And I thought it's interesting because we often use say, I feel guilty. Yeah. W- guilt is an experience. Guilt is a, uh, an assessment yeah. of right or wrong, good or bad. And the feeling associated see, with guilt mm-hmm. is shame. Mm-hmm. Shame is a feeling. Guilt is an experience. So, so with that, I just remembered that, and and so I intentionally use the term shame because that feeling of shame is that feeling of uh, I, I I 
my, you know, the gut wrenching, the, the, the shying away, the constricting of oneself, the wanting to hide. Please yes. don't see me. And is the that cause feeling? is because of something that occurred or that you uh, declenched, that you set off in, yeah. in a way. It, it yeah. was, you know, your yeah. fault, you know, so to speak. Exactly. So uh -huh. I would never feel shame of anything that happened to me that, yeah. you know, uh, uh, but, but in life, mm -hmm. mo I, I believe that I guide my own life. I'm, I'm the, I'm the master captain of my own ship and, mm -hmm. and whatever happens to me is partly as a result of what I do or choose to do or yeah. choose not to do. So I, I hold that point of view. Mm -hmm. Uh, because you mm -hmm. said in the beginning, early on, when we started our talk, you said not from, uh, we were talking about something that I don't remember now, but you said not from a spiritual perspective. You were talking about your family or a religious uh, perspective. Does uh, what you talk about now, what you are talking about in your life, no shame, is there a, um, a spiritual component why do I ask? Because you mentioned in one of the topics that you would like to share is why you've been on an inner journey for 50 years and you will be for the rest of your life. Is that, do you understand? Yeah. Have I got that out right? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think so. I, I read a book a long, long time ago called mm -hmm. uh, Lost Christianity, where the author Jacob Needleman made a distinction between Christianity and Christendom. Uh -huh. And Christendom is the institutionalization mm -hmm. of the spirit of Christianity. Right. And the the religions generally, in my mind, are made up of human beings who mm -hmm. want to organize something and, and they get farther and further away from the spirit. Okay. Now, ladies that is and the gentlemen, essence. you've heard him twice now. He's referred to us referred us to a book and he's not answering directly <laughs> so i'm putting you to I, it that's now. right i i know <laughs> he tends to I do know, that <laughs> well it's, it, it 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 gives me the entree to explain of course explain myself that's what i so i'm interested in you know from that book it was so inspiring and it and i'm interested in how do i find the deepest spiritual truth Mm -hmm. from within rather than from a religion rather than from a book okay. so i've been on a path of self-awareness since i was 16. okay and, so we're good good we're, we're and, uh, and so how do i live a good life without uh -huh. somebody telling me what that okay. good life so, is but how do i find yeah. it, the knowing from within you've just equated self-awareness your journey and consciousness we've we see we're seeing yes. that now on the same level um and you will be doing this for the rest of your life. You, you've decided that that is the only way that you could live, right? I don't even know if it's a decision. It's just how, who I how am. How things happen. Okay. Yeah. Now, before, after the university with um, Bill uh, Torberg, you were his assistant and um, integral theory that I admit I will go look up. I'm a systemic girl yeah, and I have never heard of integral theory. Um, after that, um, of course, there were 
clients, you have clients, you want, yeah. you said to help clients. And I imagine, um, I'm, I'm taking this for granted, but I will ask, is there a written form of uh, help that you offer your clients? Do you write? Do you have published works? Well, I've, I've published seven books in my mm -hmm. career and I'm working on my eighth. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, so all, all my books are in the realms of leadership and organizational okay. life. Okay. And uh, the most recent one is called The Art of Transformational Coaching, which is about how do you, how do you coach people and help them transform? How do you help them become more conscious, mm -hmm. more awake and more and, and, and transform? Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd love to write. The one that I'm working on right now is mm -hmm. called The Sovereign Self. Okay, now this and, I like. And it relates, <laughs> it relates back to the question, what do I mean by shame? I, yeah. By shame, I mean that I choose to live my life mm -hmm. in accordance to my own dictates, my mm -hmm. own principles. And if I live my life fully, from my own principles, the principles that I choose, then I'm not going to feel shame. I'm going and to feel good about I what see, I do. I see and hear what you're saying, but there is a thread that links it to a spiritual mode of existence, in my mind, I'm saying. Um, you may how not so? what, what words. It depends on what you mean by spirit, but well, how so? Because you are listening with your self-awareness and your consciousness to what you believe is is you, what your soul is telling you, just to use different uh, terms. Yeah. Uh, because I, I, I can't pin you down spiritually. I know you're sort of squiggling <laughs> out and, and I'm just trying to give you back. You know, <laughs> And I thought, let me see when I receive this pre-interview okay. questionnaire. Am I going to get this guy to talk so, about the soul? I don't know. <laughs> so in my mind, there's a distinction between spirit and soul. Okay, let's hear it. Um, I would define spirit as that which we connects us all. Okay. Our sense of divinity, our sense of connection okay. to all. Mm -hmm. Our soul would be that which is unique to me. Unique to you. Mm-hmm. That is, that as I have a soul, uh, kind of like James Hillman's idea of soul's yes. code, He's that imprinted man. on you and I, mm -hmm. archetype imprinted on you and I is a soul destiny. Mm -hmm. And ours is to find that unique expression, whereas divinity is that which connects us all mm -hmm. and it is not unique to any of yeah. us. So for me, I lead, I lead a soul driven life and a spirit driven life. And they're both different. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, one of the questions that I ask my guests in this pre-interview uh, questionnaire is, you won a contest and the prize is to speak to anyone you would like. Who would that person be? And Keith wrote Dalai Lama. I would tell him about my life and ask him if he had any guidance for me as to what might be there for me to learn. So I'm thinking that you do see embodied in a uh, an earthly figure the some kind of importance that could bestow enlightenment on you or a, some form of awakening is that right can i read that right no no i don't okay. i don't think i would be seeking awakening um i feel 
I'm on a path of awakening mm-hmm. all, all the right. time, and mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a, I'm opening, I'm opening and opening more and more. Now, the reason why I said that is that I'm so clear about what I want. I'm so clear about who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm so uh, soul driven. I've been I've had a clear sense of my 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 focus and my my purpose for for over forty years. Mm-hmm. I'm and I'm and I've got such a strong will mm-hmm. that I you know I will myself to write these books and to do the work that I do. I feel like I'm so driven, so yeah. will based yeah. that it's a time in my life now to open up to the mystery of life. Mm-hmm. And so I ask myself who might Best. I mm-hmm. who might give me guidance in the mystery who sees that which most people don't yet see? Mm-hmm. The Dalai Lama came to mind, and okay. I respect the Dalai Lama's way of being, and I think he might offer me something that I might not ordinarily choose for myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's why I said. All but right. no, I, I'm I'm not looking for some guru to give me All enlightenment. Right. Now, I have um, I will ask you to come back when that sovereign book sees the light. Uh, What's the title again? The draft title? What is it? The draft title is The Sovereign Self. The Sovereign Self. I would love to hear more about that. You promise to write me when that sees the light and we could talk about it. We can spend the entire interview talking about that. I would love to. All right. Thank you so much for coming. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow Let's Talk Soul podcast on Instagram. Let's Talk Soul podcast is a production of Electrocast Media. Our executive producers are Mark Netter and Peter Rafelson. If you like our show and like what you hear, please subscribe and give us a rating wherever you enjoy podcasts. And remember, stay curious, stay inspired, and never stop exploring the depths of your soul. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Hi, I'm Lessa Godet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women.